You're listening to Equipping Kingdom Kids. My name is Becky Fisher, and this is a podcast for both spirit-filled parents and children's ministry leaders who are interested in raising a generation of boys and girls to walk in the supernatural power of God. This is episode number 12, True Stories of Kids Doing Signs, Wonders, and Miracles, Part 1. Today, I'm interviewing a 20-year veteran missionary from South America, Michelle Triplett-Wellborn, who trains slum kids to do signs, wonders, and miracles through the power of Jesus' name. Missing fingers, ears growing out, cataracts instantly disappearing, deformed ribs moving back into correct position, deaf mute shouting out the name of Jesus, witches, warlocks being set free, people jumping out of wheelchair, and the list just goes on and on. These are just some of the supernatural miracles that my guest is going to be talking about today that have happened in her ministry in the last 10 years through the young children that they have trained to walk in signs and wonders. And if training kids to walk on the supernatural power of God interests you, then type yes it does in the comments below. Then be sure to subscribe to my channel and hit the notification bell, which means you'll be notified immediately every time I upload a new video. Also, be sure to watch all the way to the end because Michelle is going to tell you how you too can activate your children to walk in the miraculous power of God. And throughout the program, I'll be sharing resources for you to learn more about how to do all of these things for yourself. Now, my friend Michelle was raised on the mission field in El Salvador by her missionary father, Don Triplett, in King's Castle Ministries. And he had crazy, radical faith for the miraculous, and he passed that faith on to his children. Now, they've seen God multiply their resources supernaturally many times, and they've seen too many instant healings to even recount them all. But now, Michelle and her husband live in Argentina, and they too are training and equipping a new generation of boys and girls, slum kids no less, under the age of 12, to pray and believe God for the impossible. Now, the stories that you hear today should be normal for every children's ministry, no matter what nation you're from. And if it's not, you need to ask yourself why because it can happen with a little faith and a lot of boldness. Now, at the end of this interview, I'll share with you how to get started in your own supernatural kids ministry. So be sure to watch all the way to the end. Now, let's jump right in and hear what Michelle has to share. I am so excited, Michelle Welburn. Oh, I've been looking forward to this interview with you because you are a kindred spirit. And um, I'm just so excited because, uh, do you remember when we first met? Yes. Do you you remember that it was um, in Israel, right? Yep. Yep. And and we were speaking for, what was it, Empowered 21? And we were doing, this was on the day of Pentecost. Wow, when was that? Is that? It was 2000, I think, 14. 2014 anyway it was the it was a it was the 70th anniversary of Israel I think it was okay so anyway I met you and I mean immediately we just uh we just hit it off and so I'm I've been excited we've stayed in connection ever since and since then I've even had you come and speak in uh, one of my conferences here in the United States my annual leadership and the more we got to know of each other, it, the more exciting it was. So I want you to tell everybody just a little bit. Um, you are an American missionary who has lived your whole life in El Salvador and Argentina, right? Kind of bring yeah. us up to kind of bring us up to speed on that, okay? 
Yeah, um, I moved uh, to El Salvador as a little as a little girl, and uh, my parents uh, began a ministry there of King's Castle Ministries, where we worked with like a focus on children and, and youth. And uh, and here in Argentina, we've been here. I don't know now. I can't even remember how long we've been here. But in total, we will be in we as a family, me and my husband, we will have been mi missionaries for twenty years. In oh, June. you look too young for that. <laughs> <laughs> but I know that you actually have uh, I know that you have uh, children that are teenagers already yep. uh, and so yeah wow 20 years Michelle where does time go huh I don't know I'm a <laughs> Unreal. Senior this year. I know so what happened was you worked with your dad uh, most of your life was that the deal yeah, and yeah, um, and he trained you up in the King Castle, which we're going to have you share a little bit about yeah. Castle Ministry because you guys are like in what twenty nine different nations around the world now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to want to know a little bit about that. But tell me a little bit more uh, about growing up with your dad and what you learned from him, and then you and your husband launched out and did another branch in Argentina. Yes. Okay. So um, yeah, I we. Well, I grew up learning from my dad. My dad is a crazy uh, faith uh, believer that believes that everything and anything is possible. And uh, I'm a fourth generation um, pastor and uh, third generation missionary. And uh, we've just we've always grown up knowing that God can do anything. And my my dad kind of has trained us by um, like you learn as you go, as you experience, you learn how to operate in the supernatural as you begin to walk you learn how to how to do miracles and and see what god can do and as you walk in faith it just it gets contagious and you just want more and so as a kid i just remember my dad just kind of uh just believing he's like let's try this and we would try it and we would walk and and practice and you know i just i think that we um we just learned by walking uh, alongside him and saw the miracles happen. We, uh, when we first moved to El Salvador, it was during the war, and we learned a lot about um, praying a hedge of protection around us. And God mm. was always faithful. And um, that's and, right. Yeah. That, wait, that's right. Okay, I remember this part of the story now. I mean, you're literally talking war in El Salvador. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, like your lives are in danger kind of war. Was it drug cartels or what was going on there? Well, it was a civil war and it had been going on for 13 years. And my family, we decided to move there right in the middle of it. And uh, a lot of people thought my parents were insane taking three little girls into, a, um, into, the, into the war. But, but my dad, as he began to start his ministry, he would hug us and say, I love you. I don't know if we'll be if I'll come home tonight, uh, but I have to go visit the people. I want to go be with the people. And then every day he did that for a year. He did that, and then the the Lord just gave him favor and uh, amongst the the pastors and the ministry started growing. And then um, as I I went off to college and came back I, and I came to El Salvador with my husband and we kept on learning under my dad. And what kinds of things did you learn? Um, we learned how to operate in the supernatural. We learned how to believe God uh, that He it, that everything was possible. I remember seeing um, my first miracle. I was 15, 
the the first miracle that just stands out in my mind. And I, I was at a deaf mute school and the Lord just said, if you put them in a circle and get them to say the name of Jesus, I will heal them. Whoa. And I kept thinking, how do I do that? How do I tell them to get in the circle and say Jesus? But I remember doing that and I remember um, seeing about nine deaf mutes begin to say Jesus. And for me, that was like, oh my word. Wow. Nine people hear and speak for the first time. And that was one of the moments where I'm going, oh my word, this is fun. Wow. Okay. Okay. So, but wait, because when your dad started this ministry, even though his focus was on kids, he really didn't have a grid for kids walking in the supernatural. Now you're talking about a story when you were 15, but what happened when you were, you and your sisters were little that helped your father understand children can operate in the supernatural? Well, he just began to experience, you know, experiment. And I think I'm the oldest of the three. So with me, it was all, let's go tell people about Jesus. And we were very evangelistic and the whole ministry is evangelistic based. And, and, I, and we would go out and see, um, I remember seeing um, uh, tracks, the Lord uh, multiply tracks and multiply resources. And my dad would always say, put your hand in the bag and don't look down, just keep reaching so we can keep passing it out. And uh, we just kind of learned as we go. And then I think with each one of my sisters, my dad experienced a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And uh, I remember with my youngest sister, they went to a, a girl's home, a teenage like juvie center and were ministering. And I remember this story. I was, I think I, I wasn't with them on this trip, but on this, and this time, but, but um, my sister, this, this demon possessed girl starts darting towards my sister and my, and saying really mean things. And my sister goes, in the name of Jesus, I find your mouth. And the lady, the girl keeps walking towards her, but with her mouth shut. And then she goes, I bind your arms. And she's literally feeling bound by your arms. And she's like, still charging towards my sister. And she's like, I bind all of you. And the girl falls down. And, uh, and so Liz, my little sister, she was probably eight years old. And she was just like learning how to, you know, use the power of God to bind the, bind the, the demons and set people free. And my goodness, Liz has a ton of stories that she's experienced as a little girl that I got to hear later and walk in. And, and uh, I think my dad just kind of learned with each kid a little bit more. Wow. And uh, it, it was pretty exciting, though, to hear all the stories. Oh, and be boy. That. Absolutely. So as uh, over the years, your dad developed this ministry called King's Castle. Yeah. Correct? It was, yeah. and I mean, literally, he built a King's Castle. It's yeah. <laughs> actually a castle that he built in El Salvador. And what is what does he use the property for? Because there's more buildings than just a castle. You now have uh, dormitories and uh, lunchrooms and, and classrooms and a big auditorium. Much has been built on that. But it started out with the castle. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, my dad wanted to be able to take kids to... Um, have grown up with uh, in in really poor communities. He wanted them to be able to experience a little bit of paradise. And in the beginning, the campground was called the Paradise of the King. And he wanted um, kids, underprivileged kids, and kids that had grown up in the slums to be able to see a bit of paradise before heaven. Oh. And so it started out as a campground 
for kids to experience something a little bit better than their community and just to give them hope and rebuild their their identity and their purpose and and uh but then it began uh, to begin to be used as a training center to train youth to reach the children because he needed an army to be able to reach the kids and so he has a school of leadership for for youth to be able to reach the kids and and a year round it's being used for different kinds of trainings and camps to be able to um pour into the the generations really it's not just kids not just youth uh, not just teenagers, it's like the families and the generation uh, to be it's able amazing. to walk and operate in the supernatural and get hope. Yeah. And so I remember some of the stories. Your dad invited me down a couple of years ago um, to teach in your school. You actually have a school. Um, you have yeah. camps all summer long. You even rent out the campgrounds and all. But your school is like my school. My school is all virtual. It's uh, all online and on MP4s and things like that. But you have a literal school where people attend for X number of months or whatever, and you literally teach them to walk in the supernatural power of God. And your goal is to teach kids to do that, just like I teach kids to do that in my ministry. Is, Is that right? Yes. Okay, so tell me, tell us a little bit more about that part, the part about teaching kids to walk in the supernatural power of God. Well, here in Argentina and within Latin America, we work mainly with kids who you would call them street kids. Most of them have a house to go home to, but most of them do not have a reality that's uh, very bright. And uh, first we go in and we tell them about Jesus. And as they understand who Jesus is, we teach them who they are as sons and daughters of the king that they're chosen, predestined, and have a purpose that God wants to use them. And once we um, are able to minister that, because it's very important that they understand their identity, because understanding your identity, they're able to operate in the giftings that God has given to them. And so we have um, uh, seven levels of, of a program uh, called Castle Club, and we work through the different stages, but the first one is identity. They have to learn who they are and understand um, how to serve, that we aren't just on the earth to, to be like uh, giving orders. We need to learn how to serve and have a Bible in our hand and be able to sweep the floors and, and um, clean up our messes, but also be able to preach. We want kids to develop character with their identity, and we want them to know how to serve their community, their church. And then they go through this program, learning how to conquer their fears, conquer the doubts, conquer what the enemy has put lies upon their lives. And they begin to cut through that as they walk in their identity. And then uh, we minister the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And once they understand their identity and you put it with understanding the doctrines of who the Holy Spirit is, what the power is for, and they get filled with the Holy Spirit, speak in tongues, empowered by the Holy Spirit, which a lot of people think that that is the mountaintop. I said, that's the gateway. You have to be able to get through that gateway to see what else there is for them to to walk in. And so they open the the door of the supernatural, uh, believing who they are, believing who God is, walking in in the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And then we teach them how to operate in, in, in signs and wonders, understanding that signs and wonders will follow those who believe. And as they begin to walk in this, we teach them about practicing. I think a lot of people think you just 
okay, you got it. You know how to do the prophetic. You know how to heal. Okay, but they're just practicing. Yeah. Nobody learns how to ride a bike without practicing. A little That's baby right. can't learn to walk without falling. And That's you have right. to have that time uh, to practice and have teachers around, parents around to guide them as they're learning to navigate through this. And they'll make mistakes. They'll say things that aren't doctrinally sound. But we have to be able to teach them how to operate. And so yep. a lot of it is practicing. We'll take them to the streets to practice and, and uh, to not get discouraged when they don't see the miracle that God will use them, um, continue to use them, but to just keep practicing. And I think that's a lot of it. They just go out and they have time every weekend to go practice what we're learning. And so they're putting into practice everything that they believe. So they have the head knowledge, understanding their doctrine, understanding what the theology says, what the Bible says. They have the heart encounter where they learn what the Holy Spirit can do and the power of God uh, goes in them and through them. And then they have the hand part where they put into practice everything they've learned, everything they've encountered, and they have a time to put it into practice. And that's where it gets fun because then they get to put their faith into action instead of just being some nice thoughts or some nice doctrines or borrowed testimonies from people they get to go find their own yeah michelle i i am so excited you're getting me it's like okay we're doing this in the evening i hope i can sleep tonight because you're getting me <laughs> stirred up and excited and but i just want to confirm i just want to confirm that um that this is um that you are actually doing this in both El Salvador, and now you and your husband are doing the exact same thing in Argentina. So this has begun to spread, and it's not just yeah. you. You've got other people. Don't you have another sister that's in yeah. where, Nicaragua? Where? Nicaragua, yeah. that's right. Yeah. And so I imagine she's got stories of her own, too. Yeah. And, so, yeah. so, and then you're in 29 other nations. So what you're saying is the yeah. same formula if we can call it that the same structure the same pattern is being used to train kids like this all over the world am i understanding correctly yes okay yes. all right continue on i just had to clarify that for our audience yeah, yeah. and so it's just it's exciting to see these kids understand who they are i know that right now the world is confusing the children with their identity and right now i feel like it's so important and as soon as I understand, and you know, a lot of people are like, well, how do you get them to do the miraculous? Well, kids, you know, the only limits that a kid has are usually the teachers or the parents that are limiting what, what they're going to do. And so when these kids can walk with the freedom that God has given them and operate in a childlike space and childlike wonder and take steps, you know, and journeying into this, uh, it's just, it's exciting to see God come alive in their hearts. And they cannot ever doubt that they didn't see God move. That's right. All right. So we need to pause right here because um, and start telling some of the stories because okay. that's what we want to hear. We want to hear the testimonies. We want to hear the fruit. We want to hear exactly what has, I mean, this part so far has been dynamic and I'm right with you. And I do this in a different way. I do this by, um, Yes, I do go out and hold conferences, but I'm not with the kids all the time. Um, I used to be a children's pastor, uh, but at that time I was actually growing and developing my own philosophy and my own skills uh, in those early days 
I, I didn't have it down pat. I didn't have a dad to follow uh, to show me how to do this. So I had to figure it out on my own with the help of the Holy Spirit. But, um, but what, what really bonded me to you, Michelle, is when we were in Israel together, because the goal there was to inspire all the, there was like, what, four, 4,000 people that came in for that Pentecost conference, and there were 150 nations that came to yeah. that. And so the, the, the purpose of you and I, and I think four or five other missionaries that came in was to inspire them that kids could walk in Pentecost, kids could walk in the supernatural power of God. And you began to tell stories that I have never forgotten. And now I tell some of your stories in my own services, Michelle, because they're so awesome. And I want you to start with the one with the boys who went out to heal the sick and they ran across a little boy who has missing some fingers. Okay. Yeah. I told, um, I, I was talking to a whole bunch of different people to get the, the facts straight today. Uh, but I, um, but these, these, this group of kids went to go pray um, for the, the, the sick in this community. And they came across this little, uh, this little kid without three fingers, and they were convinced that God could grow those fingers, and they had just heard from their leader that everything was possible, that God could do anything, and that God could use them to do the miraculous, and they kept praying, believing that God would grow the fingers, and just then they were praying, and they began to see them grow, and, and they began to pray louder and with more strength and passion, and they were growing out, and the Lord grew three fingers back, and the kids were so to see that happen. Wait, 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 just a minute. Because I re the way I remember the story is that God grew two fingers back yes. and the third one didn't grow. The left, yes. So, yes. yeah. Well, I was talking to, whole, I started interviewing a whole bunch of kids this week and uh, I wanted to find the, the right story. And they told me that you're right. The only two grew out completely, but the one grew out a little bit. Okay. But then, Becky, I was talking to them this I was talking to them and they go, when I asked them about the fingers growing back, they go, which time? And I said, no way. Hey, which time? Yeah. So it, I guess it happened two times. Oh my. Finger, the same kid saw fingers grow out. And so that was pretty cool. Yeah. So, another, so tell me how old were they the first time this happened and how old are they today? Um, they were, um, they were nine when it happened. And that was about 10 years ago. So they're okay. 19. Okay, so they're teenagers, still walking with the Lord, still operating in yeah. the supernatural. Yeah. See, that's that's the testimonies that we want to hear. We want to hear yeah. that this stayed with them, that it wasn't yeah. just temporary while they were kids. It was just a passing fancy. But this um, actually took root in their lives and that they yeah. are still walking in the supernatural power of God today. Amen? Yeah, yeah. All right, so go one, ahead. One of them. One of them is getting ready to be a missionary in Bolivia. But, um, yeah, and um, um, and I, as I was talking to them, they were telling me this story of this one kid uh, praying for this um, man, and the man was missing part of his ear, and it was like a born, like defected, and the ear was like closed, kind of like shut. And um, as he began to pray for the ear to open up, he felt the ear form in his hand. And he, he felt the ear growing underneath his hand. He moved his hand and the guy had an ear. He was telling me that story today. No. And, um, 
Wait, 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 wait. This means your kids are not just operating in the gift of healing. They're operating in miracles. Yeah. 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 And there's these really incredible stories. Um, And this other kid started telling me the story of of them. This was last summer. These kids were praying for some some people and one of them had uh, gone through chemotherapy. And I uh, had no hair. And as they began to pray for them, they, the person had pain in their body. The pain left, but they saw hair growing back. And no it way. reminded me, that reminded me of a story that when I was um, a young teenager or older teenager, uh, I prayed for someone with uh, a bald head after going through chemo and they had a hat on. And I prayed and the hair grew back and the hat fell on the floor. It was just really cool how I remembered that story. Oh, uh, wow. You think you won't forget these stories, but you do. Well, see, the thing is, in your case, you've got so many of them. See, I'm I'm really jealous of you because we get testimonies, and we have some pretty powerful testimonies in our ministry. But I, because I'm not with kids personally anymore, I'm dependent on my other for my other leaders around the world. Um, you know, uh, to to really share with me and and I just have to take by faith that they're catching the vision and that they're doing what we train them to do. So what we're hearing is just little bits and pieces. You're out there all the time and I'm jealous of you because of that. I think it's powerful. Yeah. And it's just, it's a lot of fun to see kids experiencing miracles and, and um, uh, it's fun to see them see their first miracle. my my daughter, when we were living in Costa Rica for language school, we went um, into a jungle and we went door to door asking for um, if anyone had anything they wanted us to pray for. And uh, we knocked on one door and my daughter was six at the time. And a lady, a little kid answers the door and they said, why don't you pray for my mom? And, and she was in a wheelchair. And, you know, as an adult, you're going, um, doesn't anyone have a cough? Yeah. My daughter Lexi's like, I want to play for the lady in the wheelchair. And I'm going, Of course you do. <laughs> and so um so I remember that she went out, prayed for the lady, and we saw nothing. And we're going, Oh. So we leave and as we get to the next door to knock on the door, um, the little kid comes running and goes, You gotta see my mom. She's jumping on the couch. And like so we went back. And the lady's jumping up all over the place and jumping up and down. And my daughter, she said, see, I told you the Lord would heal her. And it was really cool because we did an outdoor crusade and um, the lady's whole family came. And several members got saved because of that spectacle of a little girl praying for a a lady in a wheelchair, got healed, and people came to know Jesus. Unbelievable. That is absolutely fantastic. We'll be finishing the second half of this amazing interview next week in True Stories of Kids Doing Signs and Wonders, Part 2. You don't want to miss it. To see a video version of this podcast, go to YouTube slash Kids in Ministry. To take advantage of any offers mentioned, please email us at kidsinministry at yahoo.com and mention the number and name of this podcast. Thanks for listening.